The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's time for our weekly music spot and John Cadell is joined today by Dave Hanratty. And if in recent times it's been all about Bono because of his book and because of his stage show, it now seems to be all about Larry Mullen because of an interview given to the Washington Post. Dave, what's in this? Yeah, essentially, it's been uh, been a very interesting one. It's been kind of... um, I think a lot of YouTube fans have a bit bit of cause for concern at at this moment, essentially. It's a really, really good piece in the Washington Post. came out about a day ago. I'd encourage people to go and read it, even if you're not a YouTube fan. But Larry Mullen, uh, giving a rare interview, he hasn't spoken to the press in about seven years, and there's a paragraph in this piece that says that the struggles with the physical toll of a lifetime pounding the drums have caught up with him, essentially, and that he requires surgery if he wants to continue playing live with the band. He himself has said directly, like, essentially, like, it, 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 like I say, it was kind of a throwaway quote like in the piece itself, because it is quite a long, wide-ranging piece. But the journalist who put it out has since kind of gone on Twitter to kind of quell some fears, because YouTube fans are coming out and asking him, what exactly is the story here? So the journalist, whose name is Jeff Edgers, says, I didn't ask Larry about his physical issues, he volunteered them. He said that he'd been told in the past to rest or get work done and take time off, but instead he pushed through and performed, you know, very demanding, as we might imagine, like they are constantly out there and doing huge shows and you know for Larry Mullen it's got to be a lot of work so he says I really miss the audience I miss the interaction even though I'm sitting behind a drum kit my body's not what it used to be physically and next year I won't be performing live I don't know what the plan is but there's talk of all kinds of things so I mean can you imagine you two with a different drummer I mean it can be done but it wouldn't quite be the same thing but I think as we were kind of saying off mic there might be more to the story as well possibly yeah I mean the, the interesting thing that I took from this is that he sort of mentions about how the band's dynamic is and he says you only do this if you're having the best time um, and that the the way that the group makes decisions has changed over the decades and that now it's more about uh, the wishes of a benevolent dictator. They said the band only has one leader now. And he says the challenge... Sorry, sorry. who's that supposed to be? I mean, I think even at the stage show last week, Bono was talking about it very much been a cooperative, that yeah. four equal voices. Well, now they have, of course, Paul McGuinness is no longer with them in the hmm. last decade. We have Guy O'Siri of Live Nation running things. Maybe has that dynamic shifted things? Well, no, Guy O'Siri, I think, uh, has actually finished managing them now. They have a new manager. I know that's true. I don't know who it is. Right. Uh, but they've parted with Guy O'Siri. Um, but, you know, you would imagine that the benevolent dictator is uh, Mr. Houston himself. But, I mean, this is what this is coming from Larry's mouth. He's saying that uh, I need more openness to the process. I'm autonomous and I value my autonomy. I don't sing from the, hem- from the same hymn sheet. Now, Larry famously has uh, Larry and, and Bono are, you know, they are opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, Bono is more sort of uh, fanciful and has these flights of fancy, whereas Larry is very much feet on the ground. This is, you know, bull. You know, he will call ball out when he sees it. Because there were rumours about six, seven years ago that Larry wanted to call it quits well, because La- yeah. of these physical Larry's back toll has been, back has been in such I remember shape. reading an interview with him in Hot Press in the 80s where he was having back trouble. This was a, 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 and again, Dave, was a one-on-one inter- interview with Larry. Uh, and he ha- was having back trouble w- since 1986. So, yeah, if you're, if you're talking about pushing through, he's been pushing through for years and years and obviously hasn't got as much work done in his back as he needed to. And, and, now, and let's face it as well, he's a man in his 60s. He looks he? 17, but he's 62. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so physically the toll of being a drummer in your 60s yeah. is pretty 
intense, I'd imagine. It, it's a lot. And you two are a rock band. I mean, like, it's not hard metal, but it is a lot of work. And I mean, you know, he kind of was saying as well that COVID kind of forced a pause, of course, for everybody. And that's kind of when maybe things caught up to him or he took more time out and realised. And he said it is his back. It's also his neck. It's his elbows. Uh, it's It's been wear and tear. And the very fact that he did, in fact, push past it for so long. Now, whether that was the advice of medical professionals or just the demands of being a new two, it is going to catch up to you. And as you say, yeah, he's in his early 60s. I mean, we think of Larry Mullen as like the cool guy, the founder of the band, the quiet one. Well, yeah, he has always kind of stepped out and like kind of rolled his eyes at Bono on occasion when Bono's at his most Bono. But at the same time, he's such a formation of this group mm. that I just, I mean, you can get another drummer in, but I, I kind of wouldn't want to see it. Or, yeah, could it be that this would be a natural time for you two to end or maybe to pause for a number of years? But maybe they have. Already, they've paused for a number of years on a number of occasions in the past. Um, you know, it immediately makes me think of R.E.M. when drummer Bill Berry left and they said, you know, a three-legged dog is still a dog. It just has to learn how to run differently, you know. And But can you imagine anyone but those four guys being in U2? If Larry had to take a leave of absence, I think the fans would, would absolutely understand it. But I think the idea of a U2 without Larry pounding the drums... It just doesn't really compute for me. You know, I can't imagine it. Maybe Bono could take that brilliant stage show, which I talked about on the show last week, off and tour around the world next year. I I didn't go. I I couldn't get tickets. Um, But the point being that it might be more interesting, maybe artistically, if not necessarily commercially, for Bono to tour that in front of fans rather than another U2 album. I don't think there'll never be a U2. I think, you know, I think if Larry does step back from live duties with the band, he'll still be in the band. I think he'll probably still record with them. He'll make band decisions. But if it is the case that physically he just isn't able to do it anymore or would require more surgery than he thinks is worth it to do it, then I think a stand-in drummer for live shows it's hard to imagine, but I think you two will do it. Another listener makes a very good point. Didn't Bono have to stop for a while after crashing his bike? He did, time? yeah. And then, as he also spoke about, was that major heart surgery, mm-hmm. which he had performed at Christmas 2016, yeah. which delayed things for a while. Another listener says, without Larry Mullen putting up a notice on the school board looking for a band, it all might not have come about. True. So it, is, it was him, the driving force. Yeah, yeah he's back the in Mount yeah. Bill. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like he's the one, yeah, the, the famous, the fateful school notice board thing. But no, that's the thing. I mean, like, look, people drum I mean, like, like can be quote unquote replaced, but like these guys as a four piece mm. are out there as you know for a lot of people like the Mount Rushmore music in, in a lot of respects, and like you two, a certain level of notoriety comes with that. But they are one of the big Irish exports in terms of culture. They are still beloved the world over, which is why when this piece went out and went online, mm. you did a fan straight away mm-hmm. online being like, "What's going on? Yeah. Tell us. We need to know. We yeah. follow this band around the world. People, we care about them as people. People as, and fans are terrified of the prospect of you two breaking up because they've always been there. Well, Dallin says you two minus Larry equals you three oh, very good <laughs> it's a good one yeah, you one good. and a half we're going to get we don't want that though we want Larry to I be, see to actually as well just think you two also featured up there in this Rolling Stone magazine list of the worst 50 worst decisions in music history. Yeah, Dave, you want to talk about this? I one? mean, some like some of these are like like listen, we love a list, but like some of these are, are bizarre, like the worst yeah. decisions. Okay, like I mean, l- let's pick one at random here. Robin Thicke. Do we all know Robin Thicke? Yeah. The guy behind Blurred Lines. Well, it was him, Pharrell and TI, but they threw him under the bus of course when the song became cancelled and like you know, became a litigious nightmare. But Robin Thicke, um who these days is a judge on the mass singer, uh, I'll I'll agree with this one. He tried to win his back his ex-wife, the actress Paula Patton, with an album called Paula which was just all about, please come back to me, baby. I'm really sorry that I cheated on you.
Johnny Knows Horrible. Uh, I don't even think she's heard this album. It's all about 562 copies or something. It was basically the end of his career, and that was it. There's another one here. Like, they kind of do go into the pop realm quite a bit. There's the Ashley Simpson on Saturday Night Live thing where her back and track played over her and she did a jig off the stage. Horrendously cringeworthy to watch. It was kind of pre-Twitter. It could have been a bigger disaster today in terms of public whatever. But she has spoken about that quite recently and said that she's been, she was bullied into oblivion and that like it wasn't that she was trying to do a lip-syncing job. She had a problem with her throat. And I think she was kind of thrown to the wolves. Mm. Uh, there's another one here, Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his cousin. I mean, is that a bad decision or just plain illegal? I mean, you know, it was <laughs> also it wasn't, underage. It wasn't but, illegal at the time, but it should have been. Well, yeah. number three is that hoary old chestnut about uh, Decca Records passing on signing the Beatles. While indeed they did sign the Beatles, you can't sign... You can't pass on a band who have yet to become amazing. I mean, when when they were submitted to Decca Records in 1962, they were only capable of writing Love Me Do. So they were no different than the band who eventually got signed. U2's contribution to the list, of course, is the infamous album that was given to everybody for free enough. Yeah, and Bono said, you know, we thought we were putting a bottle of milk in on people's doorsteps. What we actually did was go into their house and put it in their fridge. Yeah, he also, And pouring it on their cornflakes. And pouring it on their cornflakes. Yeah. He also yeah. compared himself to a rogue Santa Claus. Like, he loves these kind of flights of fancy. Like, was that that bad, though? No, I don't think. I, I thought, thought it was, was quite a brilliant idea. I, I don't agree with him that it was punk rock. He's kind of tried to kind of no. spin it that way. But I remember the backlash at the time. I mean, like, it was funny. And it was it led, it led to people being on Twitter being like, I'm trying to get onto Apple support, asking them to cancel this for me, yeah. which was, genuinely did happen in some cases. But mm. I don't know if it's the worst thing of all time. Maybe it wasn't the best U2 album. I was, was delighted. Because you didn't have to pay for it. No. Uh, tell us about Bob Dylan's uh, books. Yes. Talk about the 50 worst decisions in rock and roll. This is not <laughs> a good look for... Um, for uh, Bob Dylan and everybody knows how much I adore the man but yeah so the the 900 signed individually signed copies of his new book Philosophy of Modern Song turns out that um, they were all signed by auto pen which is a procedure whereby well I suppose self-explanatory a mechanical pen does the signature based on a, an original signature so it is a pen signing the book based uh, based on what Bob Dylan has signed apparently he did 17 different signatures and they sort of put these across the 900 books fans invariably started comparing signatures and came to the conclusion that they were too alike in order for them to have ever been individually signed um, the publishers first came out and said yep we screwed up apologies you can have your money back by the way they were $600 each these books and then in a rare move Bob Dylan himself came out and said yeah it shouldn't have happened now Dylan rarely puts a foot wrong but this is an absolute clanger Pick of the week. You've gone from Metallica, Dave. I have gone from Metallica. I'm very, very excited to welcome back James Heffield and the boys. A surprise announcement yesterday. Uh, Lux Eterna is the new single. 72 Seasons is the new album. I have to admit, I'm a bit of a Metallica fan. I think they're back to form. I think they've been back to form for actually quite a while. We, don't, we all might not want to admit it. But this is a three and a half minute banger. Let's take a listen to it.
some drumming on that. See, this is the thing. I mean, how is Lars Ulrich still doing it? I know he's one of the most annoying men in music, but his prowess is pretty good. I mean, he's not the best drummer. He makes mistakes, but he's still going, so fair play to him. I do like Metallica. I like this iteration of them. I saw them on the last tour. It was very good. They're doing a massive tour in this. Ireland is not on the list at the moment. Hope it gets added because they're doing two nights in the same city, different set lists, etc. They are an industry. They are capitalism, but they're still very good live. And in true vintage Metallica style, you can't really hear the bass. That's true. <laughs> Poor Rob Tadrillo, man. He's really good, but he's kind of like a cage lion in this group. <laughs> What's your pick of the week, John? Um, it's probably the other end of the spectrum, no less legendary, though. Um, you were headbanging away to Metallica. I, I love Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I love Metallica. Um, yeah, this is a Beach Boys box set, which is focused around their 1971 and 72 albums, So Tough and Holland. Uh, Brian Wilson was uh, sort of missing an action for a various number of reasons. So they got two guys in from South Africa band The Flame, Blondie Chaplin and Ricky Fatar, and they sort of revitalised the band quite a lot. Brian was still involved, but not as much as he ever would have been. Um, and this is where the Beach Boys sort of uh, really got their own writing chops and producing chops in place. So the other guys who aren't Brian. Uh, but we're going to play uh, the title track of the, uh, sorry, title track of the box set from the album Holland. This is the utterly majestic Sail on Sailor. Oh, just incredible. That's what you need in a cold November night, isn't it? Can't go wrong. Double bill with Metallica. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Listener here says the Rolling Stones are getting on fine without Charlie Watts. Are they? And is that the point? Should you continue after? I mean, like I say this, as you know, big Rush fan. Neil Peart died, the drummer. You couldn't possibly mm-hmm. replace him. That's it. Stones it's are also, over. Stones are also like done kind of as like a album Franchise. band, really. Yeah, I mean, like they're just a live group. That, like, they're a live karaoke act. Yeah, that's no, fine. No, Their own tribute no, karaoke no, act. No, no, no. No, it's still. I mean, but we, we still. Sorry, we, we still hope for a great, like one, one more excellent U two album. And like, I don't think we're going to wait for that for the Stones. It was like they're just going to do major shows, and that's fine. And like, you know, also rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Like, like it's, it's barely even happened. Like, like come on, mm. like respect the man. Dave Hanratty, John Cadell, as ever, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word. A listener does make the very good point. Led Zeppelin finished when John Bonham died. Yeah. And that was appropriate as well. Okay, uh, big thank you. What? Larry's not dead. We sorry. Yes, in case any. That, Jesus. Yes, in case anyone comes late. <laughs> yeah, this is something. God no, it's injury. It's back He's injury. Mad alive. <laughs> All right. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today FM.